Well, hello. Today I have a treat for you. I have a special guest and we're talking about why your marriage is giving you anxiety. I just want to preface this entire conversation by saying that the expectation you should have is that we get real because we really do. And, you know, I recently had a conversation with Lydia that she posted to her podcast and she gives the same disclaimer. We just go there, right? Like she asks the questions, she answers the questions. It's the same level of vulnerability and rawness and realness that we each have on our individual episodes in our podcasts. And we have that same dynamic when we interact with each other. So I, it's one of the reasons I really love being in community and friendship with Lydia. You know, she's just such a blessing. She's a certified teacher turned homeschool mama to her two boys. And she and her husband have been married for 13 years and have weathered the storms of separation, divorce papers, reconciliation. And on her podcast and on this particular episode as well, she shares how she overcame shame, worked through difficult times in her marriage, reclaimed her identity in Christ, and she also shares about how she helps other wives to do the same over at the JAR podcast each week. So I am so pumped for this conversation to go live. I've been planning essentially all of June around these episodes. This is going to be part 3A of the relationship series. Part 3B will be the second half of our conversation that's going to go live on Friday. So make sure that you're tuned into that. But, you know, I, I just hope and pray that what you take away from this is that God is not done with you and it's up to you to trust him, <laughs> right? Like, please do. Please put your faith in him because he is faithful and he is worthy. And all that. So this is probably the longest intro you'll ever get from me. And again, this is part 3A of the relationship series. I cut our conversation into two parts because it went a little longer than normal. So I'm going to give your brains a little dose. And then the second dose is going to be this Friday. All right, let's do it. Listening to Her Renewed Strength, the podcast, a place where you, my sisters in Christ, are encouraged to walk by faith and equipped to live well, steward well, and set your minds on eternity. I'm your host, Erica Diaz Castro, your Jesus loving Puerto Rican life coach. If you're tired of living a life burdened by anxiety, burnout, or overwhelm, if you're ready to do more of what you love, create more space for the things and people that matter most, and better steward the gifts and resources God graced you with? If you want coaching, encouragement, fellowship, and just a friend to help you shift your perspective from the temporal to the eternal, you're in the right place. Grab a coffee, journal, and a pen. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to the party, and let's dig into today's episode. So I'm here with my special guest, Lydia Santos, and Lydia is host of the JAR podcast. She also is just like a really cool down to earth 
woman who I've gotten to know and I'm so grateful for. So I'm excited that I get to bring her on to the show. Thanks, Lydia, for being with me. Hey, Erica. Thanks for having me on. For sure. So tell us about you. Tell us about your ministry. What is the JAR podcast? What do you, what is your mission right now? So the JAR podcast is, it was a long journey. It was about a seven year thing to come into fruition. It was something that God gave me in a really, really dark moment of my life and my marriage, sitting there with divorce papers on the table and signatures Mm -hmm. already in place and lawyers involved and sitting there just journaling and spending time crying and um, spending time Mm -hmm. with Jesus. And this image and sort of poem came out where it was of a, a jar that crashed and broke into pieces. And it's much more poetic when I, I read it, but it's essentially, I was unable to pick up my own pieces. And with community and Jesus's help, the healing journey of all of that in my marriage, and we are now reconciled, uh, seven years reconciled, and we have walked through a marriage ministry for our own benefit and then became leaders in that same ministry. And mm-hmm. now the podcast just kind of continues the journey of speaking to wives specifically and how to handle hard parts of their marriage. That's awesome. I'm so glad that God used you guys to be able to minister to other people who are going through hard times because, you know, marriage. I was having this conversation with someone the other day. The three hardest things, in my opinion, are marriage, parenthood, and leadership. Mm-hmm. And you are like, if you have kids, especially like that, you are doing all three because you are co-leaders in your house. And there's this element of romanticism, I think, that before getting married, you kind of are tempted to get hung up on. And then when you live it out, when you walk out marriage, it is humbling and frustrating and hard and wonderful and a blessing all at the same time. And you're just like constantly exposed and you can't like run anywhere, right? Because you're, if you're committed, you're doing it together and you're showing all your cards, however ugly, however beautiful they are. That's right. When did you guys start having issues? Well, I can identify it as six months in. (laughs) We had been friends for, oh goodness, five years at that point. No, we'd been dating for five years and or together for five years. We had been friends for about nine. So we knew each other really well, but there were things that we didn't know until you start living with someone and things start coming out like you mentioned when you become each other's mirrors and you're exposed and have to face your own things that maybe previously you were able to kind of hide and keep from people behind your closed doors and suddenly someone's right there seeing it all, we started to kind of experience truths coming out that we were unaware of and some deception that had been there, some addiction things that had been there. And we had already walked through a cancer journey together where my husband had Hodgkin's lymphoma and he had healed from that and we thought oh that's all over but really once he was given the clear scan it wasn't quite over and there was a journey of coming off of medication and all of that 
So that was sort of the catalyst to some of the issues, but then it was a lot of my own pride that I wasn't aware of that was coming out. And there was just a lot of kind of moments of, whoa, what is this? This isn't isn't what I expected. I didn't think it'd be like this. And, you know, then as kids came into the picture and we had our two boys and jobs and moving, a lot of those things that had started to bubble up in the beginning were kind of pushed to the back just with change that needed our attention in the moment. Mm -hmm. And we, I've said this on other um, podcasts too, but we are both army kids. And so we were used to moving and just taking change as an opportunity to not deal with some things. Mm -hmm. And that probably was not very healthy for us because then it just kind of culminated about five and a half years into our marriage of, I had been the one earning the money while he was finishing school after chemo treatments and stuff had set him back. And suddenly I was at home with the boys and he was working and the dynamics and transitions and all of that just kind of, it was a lot of tension, a lot of misunderstanding, not handling conflicts well. Um, A lot of this dynamic that I call or that I've read about called the pursuer distancer dance or pattern where I would pursue you know, conversation or communication or togetherness, or I could sense that things weren't right or good and I wanted to fix it. And he would be the distancer of just sort of um, not wanting to engage in arguments or conversation or wanting to distract himself from the difficulties of marriage and parenthood and all of that. And that dynamic was just unhealthy and got worse. We both were, we operated in the extremes of those two things. And, um, it ended up culminating in just this big, huge blowout where there was sin on both of our parts. And I ended up leaving and taking the boys with me. And we were separated for seven months as far as pursuing divorce. There were papers and, like I said earlier, lawyers. And we were sharing the boys on weekends and all of that and didn't look like it was going to get any better. There was efforts to try to make it better. There was counseling and um, my own counseling. And finally, about seven months in was sort of a turning point in a conversation between us that was like, okay, what would it look like if we did work on this? And I would say, I think if I remember correctly, it was about 30 days before the papers had been finalized that we decided to get rid of the papers and start over. And, uh, We didn't move back in together for another five to seven months, but we started dating, spending more time together, the family on weekends, things like that. So it was a very, very long (laughs) journey. Oh my gosh. So it sounds like from the time that you guys were moving in the direction of not being together to the time that you actually were like living together again as a family, it's like a year and a half, maybe. Yep. Probably the longest year and a half, right? Oh, definitely. And our boys were young at the time. And um, that was definitely an experience in and of itself, just how to navigate that aspect. But the reconciliation, you know, a lot of people think, okay, well, we're back together. Good. Moving on. But it's kind of like what I experienced with his cancer journey was when you think it's done and over, it's only just beginning. And so that's Mm -hmm. when we really had to start putting in the hard work of how are we going to come back together differently and make Mm -hmm. things better so that we don't go through this again. Okay, quick break. 
Here is a short message from our sponsor slash podcast producer. Have you been dreaming of launching your own podcast, but you don't know how and where to start? It's too much. It's overwhelming. Trust me. I get it. Let George Joy Podcast Production and Management Services help you effortlessly launch, syndicate, and grow your podcast. Message George Joy at Facebook.com forward slash George Joy. And guess what? The link is in the show notes. All right, back to the show. So what does the hard work look like or what did it look like for you guys? And why was that so different than before? Or how was it so different? A lot of it was being willing to be open and vulnerable with each other. We didn't know how to do that. We, I suppose, didn't quite have an example or because of our army upbringing, just moving so often, we didn't ever really let people get have the chance to get to know us. And we didn't see the point in opening up to people. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of just held that back as well. And then um, doing things differently looked like we committed to going to community group in our church that we decided to to be a part of, of people that knew us already and loved us through our mess. And mm-hmm didn't pick sides, but they just lovingly were there for us. Counseling was part of it. And then that uh, marriage ministry that I mentioned, it was a four-month-long course that we worked through in these small groups. And it was a commitment, a time commitment, but we walked back into it saying we have to do things differently than we did before. And that meant digging deep into how did all of this happen to us? Where did all of this come from? Because suddenly we were faced with like all of these issues that had been neatly tucked (laughs) inside before. Yeah. When you say, like you saying that you guys had to get vulnerable, I think it stands out most to me because I am guilty of assuming that when people get married, it's an agreement to be vulnerable, but that's not really part of it every time for every couple. Yeah. And it depends on, I mean, multiple reasons, our own reasons that I can speak to are, I had, I had a lot of misunderstanding of what it meant to cover things in love. Mm -hmm. I thought that my upbringing was you handle your issues privately and you kind of protect each other that way. But Probably I misunderstood or took it to the extreme of no one needs to know what's going on behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. Um, And for him, it was a lot of shame cycle of behavior and addiction that kept him from being honest about things. And so being vulnerable was definitely a journey for both of us. Yeah. And so when you had gone through like this first part of your reconciliation, which I guess is like leading up to the point where you decide like, okay, let's actually work on this. Mm -hmm. Would you say that you were in that mindset of like, we've tried everything? I definitely felt that way because I, by nature, am a fixer. I see things that need fixing and I want to do it. So one of the things that I had contributed to the falling out was I had sort of exhausted my efforts, um, which might not sound bad on paper. It's, you've tried everything. And I even got pats on the shoulder for trying everything from Mm -hmm. other people. But what they didn't see was the bitterness that had taken root in my heart because 
I had put it all on me that I've tried everything and Mm -hmm. he hasn't risen to the occasion and how come what everything I've done hasn't fixed anything. Mm -hmm. And so I was exhausted. I was more prideful than ever because here I am sitting there thinking, well, I'm the only one who's doing anything or yeah, I just put it all on myself and I wanted Mm -hmm. control over it because I could see that something was wrong, but I didn't know how to surrender that to God. I didn't know how to open up to other people. So there was definitely that sort of, it's it's like, sec- um, not secret pride, but um, hidden pride, like mm-hmm. saying things like, well, no one else knows my pain. I'm the only one going through stuff like this. And that might sound like a sadness initially or a, a ploy to get someone to sympathize, but really it was me being prideful that, oh, no one else knows what I'm struggling with. And so that kind of kept me from opening up. Um, And that mentality led to isolation. Mm -hmm. So instead of opening up to people, I just, you know, isolated. And when you were isolating, would anyone try to encourage you or offer any sort of support? And if so, what was your response to that? I definitely had people reaching out. I didn't initially understand that that's what they were doing. Because I was so wrapped up in my own perspective. I had people ask me questions like, is everything okay? I was losing weight. And so there were even physical elements too. Like people could tell something was wrong and I just wasn't recognizing it or admitting it. And I had people that didn't give up and they said, I'm coming to see you and we're going to (laughs) talk. I also had friends that were on the unhealthy side, they knew some of the ins and outs of my relationship and they were maybe attempting to encourage, but their messaging was actually adding to the issue of things like, well, you don't deserve that, or he should be doing blank. And that only added to my frustrations over I was the only one doing anything. So I wasn't aware of how that was feeding in. And I wasn't aware of people that were really trying to help me. (laughs) And I didn't see that. I feel like listening to you share that is, it applies to so many other things that we go through in life. Like you have the friends who want to encourage you and like affirm you, you know, Mm -hmm. but like what they're saying is like, Hey, like you have a right to be angry. And it's not saying that your anger is righteous, which is basically like affirming your sinful heart, you know? Yes. It was the friends who gave me tough love, who pointed my thoughts and my feelings and my words back to scripture that it would challenge me. And sometimes I wouldn't be very happy (laughs) with Mm -hmm. them or, and they weren't pushy about it, but the things that they would say are like, you know, and they knew that I had a relationship with the Lord and, and they just kind of loved me in the way of is, okay, where does scripture support that? Or have you prayed about this? Or when you are in the word, what is God telling you? So they, they challenged me in a way that made me dig deep into what I had contributed, my perspectives, and, um, really helped me to, to understand that it wasn't all about him and what he was doing or not doing. Him being your husband. Yeah. Yeah. So 
it sounds like you tried everything, right? You were in this space where you're like, what else can I do? And at that time, were you praying about it? Were you in the word? Were you going to church and in community and like doing everything that like a Christian say would like check the box by? Before or during separation? Both. Well, yeah, I would say actually both. Um, I was ironically beforehand it was very selfishly um what's the word not oriented but motivated it was very performance driven and part of what I've realized since then is I had I guess assumed that if I did a b and c for God he would do d and it was very formulated and if I walked the straight and narrow then he would, you know, and it's just sort of this false perspective and not understanding God's sovereignty and how he just, I felt like I woke up spiritually when everything fell apart, which is a whole nother thing. But then during our separation, I still was in the word and on my knees and going to church, but I was I changed where I went because formerly I had been in this huge church where no one knew I was there. They didn't care if I came or didn't. Then I I had friends who were a part of this very small church and they knew me. Mm-hmm. They had actually been part of our wedding. And I showed up in tears and a mess and they welcomed me and mm-hmm. I just felt I didn't feel judged and I felt like this is what the church is about. They take us who are broken <laughs> and love us and point us back to our healer yeah and i met one-on-one with mentors and friends i was seeing a christian counselor and i think the biggest thing was i was just i was journaling i was so desperate for answers for um understanding that i Mm -hmm. just spent so much time in prayer and worship and journaling that god just revealed so much to me that Mm -hmm. even if the you know, status of my marriage had ended in divorce that Mm -hmm. I still individually had sought understanding and healing. And so I feel like how close I was to him then was necessary. And that was the determining factor for any sort of hope and healing. Him being the Lord. Yes. Okay, so you've officially listened to the first half of my conversation with Lydia Santos. And I want to invite you to the Facebook group to share what your takeaways are so far. Go to herrenewedstrength.com forward slash community. Completely free. I'm going to share a Facebook post and you can go ahead and share what is really resonating with you. You know, I'm a wife. I have a husband. We've been married for some time. Not nearly as long as Lydia has been married, but... We've gone through some things and relationships absolutely do bring out some of the things that we're struggling with, including anxiety. So if you're struggling with that, know that you aren't alone and you can absolutely head over to the Facebook group to share that and find other women who have that in common with you. I think the best thing that we can do is really be there for each other and support each other through this. So head over to the Facebook group and I hope that you'll join us for part two on Friday. See you then. Hey, sister girl, if you love today's episode, the best way you can show love and support is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other Christian women who want that same support and valuable content 
actually find the show. Oh, and if you're ready for more and you want to learn about free group Bible study, upcoming events, free courses, and other services, head to HerRenewedStrength.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter to become an insider. You'll get my weekly top five, extra tips, and bonuses. I'll see you on the inside.